Well, hey, everybody, I'm Adam Shell, the pastor at Melbourne Heights, and welcome to our sermon podcast. And you've joined us for a very special episode of our podcast today. You see, in the weeks leading up to Christmas, every single year, we have something that we call Giving Sunday at Melbourne Heights. And Giving Sunday is a day when we take up a one-time special offering where we use all of the proceeds from that offering to purchase gifts for kids on the Salvation Army's Angel Tree. Now, our church has been doing this for the last four years. And over the course of the last four years, we have helped make the Christmas dreams of 325 kids and their families come true through Giving Sunday. So in today's episode, we're going to talk about the need, why we partner with the Salvation Army's Angel Tree program. And we're going to be talking about why we ask you to give in church in general. So let's get right into this week's episode. There it was, the last present under the Christmas tree. And it was mine, all mine. And I had been waiting a long time to get my hands on this particular present. The truth is that I had sat down at my family's dining room table months earlier with a sheet of paper in one hand and a crayon in the other to make out my Christmas list. And when I made that list, I started out by quickly jotting down all of those obligatory details that adults want to have. You know, things like my shirt size and pant size. But then I rushed on to the more important gifts. So as I sat down at that table, I wrote down board games and puzzles and action figures and candy. But for this particular Christmas, there was one gift. One gift that I wanted more than anything else. So once I put that particular item on my list, well, I did what every kid does when they write down the most important thing on their Christmas list. I circled that sucker half a dozen times and drew enough stars around it to fill up the night sky. Truth of the matter is, if I could have, I would have put a giant neon sign beside it saying, this is what Adam really wants for Christmas this year. And I didn't stop with just writing this item on my list. No, I was so obsessed with getting this one gift that I carefully inspected everything that showed up under our Christmas tree for the weeks leading up to Christmas. And every time that a new present showed up on our tree skirt, I was quick to shake it and size it up to try to figure out if I was going to get the gift of my dreams that year. And then Christmas morning finally came. And after tearing through tons of presents, I was surrounded by shreds of wrapping paper and empty boxes and a small pile of board games and puzzles and action figures and candy. And I even got some of the worst gift that you could ever give a kid. You know exactly what I'm talking about here. I'm talking about socks and underwear. You know, on a side note, I do have an uncle who once told me that you know you're getting old when all you get for Christmas is socks and underwear and you think, hey, I really needed those. But now, my hands were finally on my dream Christmas present. So all of the circles and stars that I had drawn on my list, all of the time that I spent crawling around under the tree, checking out every present there, and all of the effort that I put in that year to be a good boy, well, it was all about to pay off. And I could barely contain my excitement as my fingers slid into the seam in the wrapping paper. And my eyeballs had to be as big as tennis balls as I began to tear back the paper. The smile on my face must have gone from ear to ear as I caught the first glimpse of what I had been waiting so long to see. And then it was finally unwrapped. And I held in my hands an official scale replica WWF wrestling ring complete with elastic ropes and a genuine announce table. Now, let's not forget here. 
it was the late 80s and I was like six or seven years old at the time. And at that point in time, professional wrestling was precisely the third coolest thing in the world for a young boy, right behind MacGyver and the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. So I had been dying to get this wrestling ring. And now that it was in my hands, all I could think about were the epic matches that my action figures would have when Hulk Hogan took on Andre the Giant, or when the Ultimate Warrior battled it out with the Macho Man Randy Savage. But you know what? It's kind of funny that I still remember that particular Christmas all these years later. Because, yeah, I got the one toy that I really wanted to get that year, but that was pretty well how every Christmas went in my family. Every year I'd sit down and I'd make a big old list of everything that I wanted for Christmas that year. And every year, some of those items that I circled and starred on my Christmas list, they ended up sitting underneath our Christmas tree. So it wasn't until I got older that I realized that that wasn't the case for every kid. And that's one of the things that I remember most from my first job after I graduated college. I spent three years managing a toy store, so that means that I spent three Christmases selling the kinds of things that every kid dreamed of at Christmas time. So, about this time of year, every year, I got to see the same wide-eyed optimism in the kids that walked into our store that I had when I was opening up my official scale replica WWF wrestling ring complete with elastic ropes and a genuine announce table. Their eyes... Well, they would light up as soon as they walked through the doors of the store. And as often as not, they'd just stand there at the entrance for an extra second or two, taking it all in. But it never took them very long before they were tugging on their moms or on their dad's hands, racing down the aisles to check out all of the toys that they might want to put on their Christmas list that particular year. But the truth is, it's not the wide-eyed optimism of the kids that I remember most from working at that toy store. What I remember most is the heartbroken expression on some of the parents' faces when they walked hand-in-hand hand with their kids through the aisles of the store, knowing that they wouldn't be able to make their kids' Christmas dreams come true that year. I can still remember the parents who came to our counter with their arms loaded down with toys and an uneasy look on their faces. I can still remember the teary eyes staring at the register as the total continued to rise. I can still remember some of the embarrassed expressions when parents had to ask me to put some of the items back without their kids seeing. I can still remember other parents waiting with bated breath while they swiped their credit cards, unsure if they still had enough credit on that card to cover their purchase. I still remember their anger when their checks wouldn't clear, and their blank stares when the realization set in that they just couldn't afford Christmas that year. But what I really remember the most is how often that happened. Now, it wasn't an everyday occurrence, but it happened at least a handful of times every Christmas that I worked at that toy store. And at first, I just couldn't wrap my mind around that. I mean, I didn't exactly grow up in a wealthy family. My dad was in the military and my mom worked as a teacher's assistant. But I never wondered if I would have something waiting for me under the tree on Christmas morning. But after seeing that happen a handful of times each year, I couldn't deny 
that this was a reality for far too many families. In the county that our church is in, Jefferson County, Kentucky, the Salvation Army helped over 9,000 kids from over 3,000 families through their Angel Tree program last year in 2019. That's more than 3,000 families and 9,000 kids in our own community who could have had nothing for Christmas last year. And that was last year. That was before COVID-19 hit. That was before our unemployment rate went from 3.5% to over 14%. That was before millions of Americans were laid off from work. That was before thousands of companies closed their doors, possibly for good. So if 9,000 kids in our community would have missed out on Christmas last year, then you can just imagine how many families are going to be in need this year on Christmas. And these families, these are families that you see when you're out grocery shopping at Kroger. And these are parents that are in the same Zoom meetings that you're in at work. And their kids, well, their kids go to the same schools that your kids or your grandkids go to. And these are families that just need a little help. And I'm proud to say that over the last four years that we at Melbourne Heights Baptist Church, we have helped over 300 of these kids and their families celebrate Christmas. And this Christmas, we're going to do it all over again. So at the end of today's worship service, we're going to ask you to visit the giving page on our church website. And you can find that at mhbclouisville.com slash give. And we're going to ask you to make a one-time gift to help us provide gifts for some of the kids in need in our own community this year. And just to be abundantly clear right now, every last penny that you give will be used to help children and families in need in our community this Christmas. And let me tell you how we go about doing that. First, what we do is we work in a close relationship with the Salvation Army and their Angel Tree program, like we've done for the last four years. And for every $150 that you give on our site, we're going to pick one angel from the tree. So if we raise $150, that means that we'll adopt one child. And if we raise $1,500, then we get to adopt 10 kids. And if we raise $15,000, then we can help 100 kids. And if we raise $150,000... Well, after I recover from my heart attack, then we get to go out and help a thousand kids. And then a group from our church, we go out and we use your donations to shop for all of these kids. We'll go out and we'll spend around $100 to buy them what they need, whether that's a new pair of shoes or a warm sweater or even the socks and underwear that no kid really wants at Christmas time. And then we'll take the other $50 and we'll buy them the biggest wish on their list whether that's a bike or a video game or a Barbie doll or something else altogether. And we'll help each of these kids have a Christmas morning like the one that I had all those years ago when I opened up that wrestling ring. But before we ask you to give at the end of today's worship service, I want to spend some time explaining why we as a church are asking you to give. Now, Obviously, from the practical side, we're asking you to give today to help children in need in our own community. But we as a church, we aren't just asking you to give for these practical reasons. But before I can talk about the other reasons why we ask you to give, I have to stop here. And I need to address a common misconception that some people seem to have about giving to the church. You see, some people believe that we give in church because God needs our money. 
Now, let that sink in for just a minute. Some people think that we give in church because God needs our money. Now, as Dave Ramsey, the radio personality and financial guru, likes to say, if God needed your money, he'd take it and there'd be a greasy spot where you were sitting. So, here's the truth. God doesn't need your money. God doesn't need your money. Why? Well, the book of Psalms explains it to us pretty clearly when it says this in Psalm 50 verses 9 through 10. I have no need of a bull from your stalls or of goats from your pens, for every animal of the forest is mine, and the cattle on a thousand hills. So why doesn't God need your money? Because everything that you have is already God's. And that's the first reason why we give as an act of worship. We give because it reminds us that we are managers of God's blessings, not the owner of them. We give because giving reminds us that we are managers of God's blessings. Now, let me show you what I mean. Now, you can imagine that I walked up to you with a stack of 10 $10 bills, like I'm holding in my hand right now. And that's 100 bucks for those of you that are mathematically challenged. But what if I told you that there was a catch? As soon as I give you these 10 $10 bills, it's $100, you have to take 10 of them and give it away. Now, how many of you would still take me up on that offer? Of course you would take me up on that offer. And then you'd ask me if we could do it all over again. Why? Because you came out $90 ahead. And that 100 bucks was never really yours. So it didn't cost you anything to give a little bit of it away. But what if I forgot to tell you about the catch? And I came to you next week and I said, Hey, you remember that $100 that I gave you last week? Well, I forgot to tell you that I wanted you to give $10 of it away. Well, how would you feel then? Chances are that after a week, you would feel like this money was yours. So what changed? Your, your perspective changed. In one case, you knew that what you had was a gift that didn't really belong to you. And in the other, you'd forgotten. So we ask you to give in church to help you remember that your money is a gift from God after all, James chapter 1, verse 17 tells us, Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father. But that's only one reason why we ask you to give. Deuteronomy chapter 12, verses 10 through 12 gives us another reason. And here's what it says. But you will soon cross the Jordan River and live in the land the Lord your God is giving you. When he gives you rest from all your enemies and you're living safely in the land... You must bring everything I command you, your burnt offerings, your sacrifices, your tithes, your sacred offerings, and your offerings to fulfill a vow to the designated place of worship, the place the Lord your God chooses for his name to be honored. Now, the first two verses in this passage are specifically talking about the gifts that the people of Israel are expected to bring when they come and worship God at the temple. But this passage of scripture, well, it was written during a far more agrarian time. People back then were bringing livestock and produce as their offering to God instead of money. But they didn't just drop their offering in a basket in the middle of a worship service like we do when we worship in person. No, instead, they sacrifice their offerings as a part of worship. And verse 12, well, it explains to us why. When it says, 
You must celebrate there in the presence of the Lord your God with your sons and daughters and all of your servants. And remember to include the Levites who live in your towns, for they will receive no allotment of land among you. These sacrifices, they're used to celebrate God's love for all of us and to share God's gift together. So we give to bring us closer together. Why? Because in this world, just about everything drives us apart. We watch different TV shows, we listen to different music, we read different books, we cheer for different teams, and not too long ago, we were voting for different politicians. And the way we spend our money, well, it only drives a further wedge between us. If I had time to interview everybody that is tuning in and listening to this sermon right now, well, we'd pretty quickly realize that none of us spend money the same way. We all have different goals and different priorities when it comes to our finances. But when we come together in worship and we give, well, we're united in one priority. And that priority is the work of the kingdom of God that is being done in and by our church. When we give in worship, we all agree that this church and God's kingdom matter. And it doesn't just matter to me and it doesn't just matter to you, but it matters to all of us. And why does that matter? Well, if you skip ahead a couple of chapters in the book of Deuteronomy, this is what you'll hear. It says, Every third year, you must bring the tenth part of your produce from that year and leave it at your city gates. Then the Levites, who have no designated inheritance like you do, along with the immigrants, orphans, and widows who live in your cities, will come and feast until they are full. Do this so that the Lord your God might bless you in everything you do. This passage reminds us that people are hurting, people are broken, people are in need. And although we can be tempted to throw our hands up in the air and say that there is nothing that we can do to help them, we're also reminded that we, as a church, we can do something about it. We can care for those without an inheritance. We can care for the immigrant. We can care for the orphan. We can care for the widows. We can care for anyone in need. But we can only care for others when we share what God has given us. We can only care for others when we share what God has given us. Now, I use this analogy just about this time every year when we talk about the angel tree, but it does help us think about it if we think about it in this way. Now, imagine that your tithe, your offering, your contribution, or whatever else you want to call it is like a block. Now, it could be a little block, it could be a big block, it could be anywhere in between. And what can you do with a block? Well, I can tell you this, in all the years that I worked in a toy store, a kid never once came into that store begging their mother or their father or their grandparents or anyone else to buy them a block. No, what they wanted was blocks. Because with blocks, they could do something. They could build. They could bring their imagination to life. They could actually accomplish something. The same thing is true for each of us. Our one block... It can only do so much. But when I give my block, and you give your block, and we all give our blocks, we can build something great together. And we can bring the kingdom of God to life, and we can accomplish something big. And this year, 
as Christmas draws near, we want to accomplish something big for children and families in need in our own backyard. So we're asking you to give today to help these kids. We're asking you to give today because when you give and I give and we all give, it says to this world that God and God's people care about these kids and their families in need. We're asking you to give today because when you give and I give and we all give, we can combine our resources to do so much more than any one of us could do on our own. Now, once again, if you would like to help us as we work with the Salvation Army's Angel Tree program to provide gifts to kids in need in our own community this Christmas, here's how you can do that. You can visit our church's website, mhbclouisville.com, and on the, our website, on the top right-hand corner of the page, you'll be able to find a link to our giving page. You can click on that link in the first drop-down menu there. You can designate that you want your gift to go toward helping kids on the angel tree. And whatever you give to the angel tree, it's going to go toward purchasing gifts for these kids and making their Christmas dreams come true. So let's give. Let's do something big this Christmas. Let's show our kids and our community how much God loves us all. Because the reality is... So, so many of us, we have been blessed beyond our wildest imaginations. But at the same time, there are plenty of people around us every single day who are struggling to make ends meet. People who have been laid off this year. People whose finances took a massive downturn when the stock market crashed. We see people hurting around us every day, and we don't even realize it. So let this Christmas be a chance where we do something big together, where those of us who have experienced so many blessings from God take what God has given it and share his love with people that are in need. So let's give. Let's do something big. And let's let our community, the city of Louisville, know how much God loves every single one of us. Let's pray together. God, as we come to you now in this word of prayer, you know that there are people around us every day who are hurting. God, the statistics tell us that last year in Jefferson County, Kentucky, that 9,000 kids from 3,000 families needed support from the Salvation Army and their Angel Tree program to be able to celebrate Christmas with gifts and presents and all the things that so many of us take for granted. So God, my prayer is today that you open all of our hearts to the needs that are happening around us every single day, and that you challenge us to take the blessings that you have given to each of us and give back to help other people who are hurting every day. And God, when we do, when we do this together, we just pray that your name is exalted, that you are lifted up, that people recognize and realize that all of this, every single gift that is given, every single child that we are able to help, is a testimony to the way that you love and care and bless us all. We pray it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, hey, it's Adam again, and I just want to thank you for tuning in to this episode of our sermon podcast. And I hope that you have been challenged to do something big this Christmas. Maybe you want to support our work at Melbourne Heights with the Salvation Army's Angel Tree Program. If you want to do that, don't forget you can visit mhbclouisville.com slash give to do so. 
but maybe you've been inspired to do something else. But whatever it is, I encourage you to do something big this Christmas and help make some Christmas dreams come true this year. Now, next week's going to be another standalone episode of our podcast as we are thinking about Thanksgiving. And I got to admit, this year it's kind of hard to feel in the spirit of Thanksgiving and feel a lot of gratitude because we have gone through so much. But next week, we're going to be talking about what we can do when we start feeling that way. So we hope that you'll tune in next week when that episode drops. As always, if you subscribe to our podcast, it'll be sent straight to your favorite podcasting app. And don't forget that you can join us live any Sunday that you'd like to join us online. We worship at mhbclouisville.com slash live every Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. Eastern Time. Well, that's it for this episode. So until we get together again, I hope that you guys have a great week. And we'll see you back here next Sunday for another sermon podcast.